and welcome to another episode of In My Sweats with your host, Jay Menz. This is a place where you can learn and laugh with your girlfriends. extra special episode with one of my dearest heart soul sisters, Miss Jennifer Lynn Chamingo. That I'll, uh, I'll just tell you a little bit about how I know her and then I'll loosen the reins and just let her explain a little bit about how she became the person that she is today. So I met JL when I wandered into this cute little studio in Upper Queen Anne, Seattle in 2009. And I started going to her classes because she was the only yoga teacher who was not playing the like symbol, ancient Sanskrit. (laughs) (laughs) And I just, every time I went there, it was like, she just, she knew your name. She welcomed you in with this amazing warmth and sweetness and since then I've gotten to know her very well she officiated my wedding which was it's will probably make me cry and she's just an all-around amazing human being so JL for those of you who or for those who don't know you what and how did you get to be the person that you are today Oh, Jay, first of all, thank you so much for having me and for giving that sweet opening bit about me and our relationship and um, uh, what makes me me. I don't, I guess, um, you know, I'm a, a former TV news producer who was super stressed out in my job and health wise, I, I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't able to conceive a baby, which I really wanted. And I was also, you know, not myself. And I realized I, so my mom had me try yoga. Um, and I realized after a couple of years of practicing yoga that I was much happier on the mat than I was at my job. And I went home and went to my husband and said, Hey, what if I became a yoga teacher? <laughs> and we, you know, we had to talk about the finances of doing that. And we ended up leaving the Bay Area at the time and going to Seattle because it was a less of a cost of a living, although that's not so much anymore. And um, I started. I went to yoga teacher training prior to yoga teacher training. Uh, I'm not exaggerating. It was probably a a week after I gave my notice as a journalist, I did get pregnant. Then I went through yoga teacher training when I was pregnant. And um, I've been teaching now for more than 16 years. I've been practicing yoga for over 20 years. And um, yeah, I, and mostly I love people and I want people to feel good and to feel good about who they are. And so I use different tools to try to access that while I teach yoga. That's who I am. (laughs) How, (laughs) how did you get the courage to first start teaching yoga? I would say it honestly came from a place of desiring happiness Mm -hmm. and feeling 
really trying to understand who I am and where I fit in the world, but not, not to a very, I mean, how can I say this? A, certainly a big, big part of me having the courage to do it came from my husband because had I not had his support, both financially and emotionally to do where my heart passion was, I probably wouldn't have done it. I mean, maybe it would have taken me longer because I'm a girl or I was a girl who really followed the lines. Like I was, I did what I was told. I did what I felt was I was supposed to do. And it wasn't until I really had the support of my partner to take a chance and, and move towards where my heart led me. Mm -hmm. And then, so how long did you teach yoga before you started leading retreats? Oh, that's, you know, it's a really important question, Jay, because I am a person who believes very firmly that you earn your space and you earn credibility. And I always want to be able to deliver 100% on what I promise. And so I got into yoga because I love yoga. I got into teaching yoga because I wanted to share that with other people. I back back then, look, 16 years ago, no one was leading retreats. It was never, could have been a motivator for me because it didn't really exist. It wasn't even in my realm of possibility. And so I taught yoga for seven years before I ever led a retreat. And then, um, and yeah, seven years. And so I've been leading retreats for nine years now. And I feel like I'm still learning, but I at least feel like I can hold people safe and I can deliver what I promise. And I feel really confident in my abilities to do that. And what do you think, Jail, is like that big reason why people continue to sign up for retreats with you? I think it goes beyond the yoga. I think one of the things that I really try to do is to connect with people and and get to know them. And they're, they become my friends, people who I love and who I want to see succeed. And I think for some people, it might be the first time they feel that way, or they just feel really loved and taken care of. And so they, and they trust me and they, they want to be able to see the world, but maybe they don't want to do it alone. They want to do it feeling supported. Maybe they want to travel and people in their lives don't want to travel. They trust me enough to come along. And yoga is part of that, but it's not the primary drive, I don't think. Would you, I mean, leading all those retreats around to, like, how many countries have you been to? Oh my gosh. I just <laughs> recently started counting that. I feel like I've been to over 20 countries. Oh I think I'm at that point. 20? countries. <laughs> and, and pretty remarkable because most of the countries are really epic places like Bhutan or mm -hmm. Kenya or Costa Rica. I mean, yes, I've been to Bali and I've been to Mexico and I've been a lot of amazing places, Iceland. And I have the opportunity, I'm coming up here, I'm going to be going to Panama in a couple of weeks and I'm leading a retreat in March to Vietnam and Cambodia. And then it's kind of secret, but I'm going to say it here. Uh, a year after Vietnam and Cambodia, I'll be leading a retreat to Sri Lanka. What? And so I know very exciting places for sure. Holy cannoli. 
(laughs) (laughs) That, um, so for if this like episode is a little bit backlogged, what would that be 2019 or 2020? I'm going to Sri Lanka in 2020. So in spring of 2020. And I want to just, because for people like me who are not the greatest planners and they're kind of like not living for today, but kind of living for like, you know, I don't know where I'm going to be in the next month. I don't know where I'm going to be in six months. Like, how do you have that, you know, confidence to plan for something in 2020? Like, is it because you know that your life is teaching yoga and leading retreats and being mama and wifey? And is it just like, this is the path you've set and you're, you're committed to it or... Yeah, I think that's a really great way to say it. I am a planner. It, you know, it gives me comfort, but also I get excited about what's coming. Not to say that that stuff doesn't happen and and change those plans, mm-hmm. but I I do like to have these anchors to work towards and to look towards and and I know at this point anyway that my life while there is plenty of adventure and change and all of that, there are some things that I really can plan for in the future that there's not much that would stop me from doing that. And my mom, when I was growing up, I was always a list person. I was always writing on my calendars. I would write out, you know, dreams of things that I wanted. And part of manifestation really is making a plan and writing it down, doing a by when date, meaning saying exactly when this is going to happen. And then it happens. I mean, that's part of how you create your dreams in your life. If you are constantly, it's like when I make plans with friends, if I say to my friends, Oh, I miss you so much. I want to see you. We could say that for three years, but until we get a date down, if I have a date down, then I'm always going to go through with that. I'm going to be there and I, I live up to my commitments. So it's just really some of the biggest things in my life I have done that way. I've just decided I'm going to do it and I pick a date and it, and then it happens. That is humongous that you just said that because <laughs> what you just said basically is like whatever you want is possible along with manifestation, future planning, because to me, I'm just like that, you know, it reminds me of when Jim Carrey wrote that million dollar check to himself. And he said, I'm going to cash this in like five years or something. And then he ended up cashing that and then some. Yeah. I just got chills because that is how it happens. It's like, I, I'm not kidding. And I know, you know, this story, but years ago, several years ago, I was sitting in meditation and I was thinking to myself, what would be the one thing, like when I was in broadcast news, I felt I was successful when I was nominated for an Emmy award. To me, that was just like a benchmark. Right. And so I was like, what was the one, what would be the one thing in yoga that I would accomplish that would say to me, like inside my own heart, okay, you're, successful. And back then it was a, you know, the Wanderlust series was really um, only for huge teachers, you know, Shiva Ray, Sean Korn, Baron Baptiste, people like that. So Mm -hmm. for me, little old me to say, I'm going to teach at Wanderlust in my head was so shocking. It was like, (laughs) who do you think you are? You know, but I, I thought that I thought, you know what, that's why if I got that, it would be 
uh, I would be successful. And I said that to a friend of mine and she said, oh, you should tell the people at Lululemon this. And I'm like, why would I do that? That's mm-hmm. so like kind of boasting about myself. And they're like, no, it's just say it's a goal and then say it out loud. And so I did that. And that Lululemon friend of mine, there were two of them, Petra and Jill. And they said to me, okay, JL, the Lululemon plan is you have to write it down, not just tell us that's like step one, but you have to write it down and write down a by when date. And I was like, okay, but you know, and they're like, no, you have to believe it. So I'm not kidding. I went home, wrote it down on pink construction paper. I wrote the date. I even wrote what kind of workshop I would teach. And I am not kidding you. It was probably three months later, Petra called me and said, you are not going to believe what happened. And I was like, what's the matter? And she said, pull your car over because I was in my car. And, and I did. And she said, you are going to teach at this year's Wanderlust. Oh, and I was like, what? Like, it was so outrageous. I almost threw up because I (laughs) felt like I made that happen. You're going to make me cry. (laughs) And the power of that is incredible. Wow. You're literally going to make me cry. (laughs) But that's why, you know, it's beyond yoga. It's like you have to believe Mm -hmm. you can do something. And I think that to some degree, I'm able to teach people that because it's happened for me that I can say, you can create your life. Here's what you do. And it happened. Oh my, this, I, I hope that I can take like a little snippet of what you've said and make it into a quote and make it, you know, just like, oh my God, all the things that you're dropping are one, they're big for me because I strongly believe in the power of manifestation. And like, like you said, you have to believe it, but sometimes you don't believe it, but you do it anyway. Exactly, Jay. Exactly. I mean, when I wrote it on that piece of paper, to explain how far-fetched that was for me, it (laughs) really was. I mean, I know nowadays people are teaching at Wonderless, but back then, it was honest to God, it was like me and Shiva Ray. And so (laughs) I was like, this is never going to happen. But I wrote it down and I wrote down a date. And I swear to you, I made that happen. Like, I did, but thankfully I talked about it and it, you know, there was this chain of events in the universe that created it. But for, you know, even for you, it's like you decide you're going to do something and you do it. Yep. Just how life works. And there are all these people that like, I'm a moderator in some Facebook groups on, um, in for these health coaches that are, you know, in year one and two, and they are, Mm continually asking questions and they're like, well, how did you do this? And how do you approach a yoga studio to lead a workshop? And I'm like, "Uh, here's my biggest piece of advice is to get off of the whole, how do you do this and go do it? Yeah, that's that's so good. I know. There's no (laughs) secret formula. You just do it. You have to like, whatever you want, the only thing that you can convince yourself of is that it's not happening because you are a certain way and you don't have what other people have, but that's not it at all. It's that you just haven't gone and done it yet. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you know, it sometimes reminds me of, of like coaching my 15 year old son, right? It's about 
believing in yourself from the inside. So that's where some of the yoga comes in too, like for my clients and my students is that through yoga and through meditation, you start to find yourself. And when you find yourself, hopefully you really like yourself and you decide I'm worth this. And so then you can start manifesting things because until you believe in who you are, it's hard to manifest things because you think it's not going to happen. So you start that process of really um, looking inside saying, who am I? And yeah, I like that person. So I'm going to really be that person. And I believe in that person. And it doesn't matter so much what other people say to you or whether they believe in you or not, you believe in you. So then you move forward to that next step. That is freaking genius. <laughs> what, um, what would you say that was one of those things besides your husband, husband and besides Lululemon and writing it down and manifesting, like what was that thing on the inside that wouldn't let you stop from succeeding? Hmm. Oh, I think honestly, in in my belief in my practice i feel like this we don't know for sure but this life could be our only shot mm-hmm. and i would feel personally would feel more sad that i never tried mm-hmm. than to try and fail because at least then i would know but yes. if you don't try mm-hmm. then you'll never know and to sit in that kind of loss of of potential, I guess, is like probably one of the most sad things to me because I think life is out there and and you have a choice every day. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm not going to do this. But if there's something you really want to do, there's nothing stopping you. Like what is stopping you other than yourself? Exactly. So yeah. So you might as well step into it and do it and know that if you fail, at least you tried and you could try again with the knowledge that you have. (laughs) Oh, you literally need to write a quote book. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The last thing I kind of wanted to just mention um, is I wanted people to know that while you're leading retreats and while you're teaching classes and doing everything you do, something happened a few years ago and it changed the course of your life. What was that? And what were the beginning symptoms of what happened? I'm glad you brought this up because I think it is really important Mm -hmm. to talk about um, because I, I think we have, we limit ourselves based on our own experience and, um, I I had decided back then that I wasn't going to do that, although it was very scary. I found out, it's been almost three years now, three years ago, that I was diagnosed with a very rare autoimmune disease, which also caused other illnesses. And um, they're significant. So my autoimmune disease is called neurosarcoidosis, and it is inflammation in my brain. And... um, no, no one knows what causes it. Nobody knows how to cure it. And that inflammation was sitting on my pituitary gland. Mm-hmm. And so it caused my pituitary gland to shut down. So my pituitary gland, which controls most of your hormones in your body, um, no longer functions or malfunctions. 
And it's both are super rare. Doctors don't even know about it. So to get diagnosed was a work in perseverance and belief that in myself and knowing myself. But I started to get really thirsty. And what I remember one night I woke up in the middle of the night and I, it was the, it was painful. I was so thirsty and I was like chugging soda water at two o'clock in the morning and I would go, went back to bed. And of course, then I had to go to the bathroom. And so I wasn't getting sleep, but I taught hot yoga at the time. So I rationalized it at first. I was like, oh, maybe my, my electrolytes are off. Maybe it's something minor like that. And I went away to leave yoga retreat in Bali and I was, it was incontrollable. I was chugging water and my lifelong best friend was with me. And in the middle of the night, one night she rolled over in bed because we always sleep in the same bed. And she (laughs) said, what is wrong with you? Something's wrong with you. And I said, I know, but I don't know what it is. And so when I got back from that trip, I started going to my internal medicine, like my GP, and they ran a million tests and everything came back, quote, normal. And she kept telling me I was fine. And I kept going back to her and saying, I'm not fine. There's something wrong. There's something wrong. There's something wrong. I went to a naturopath. I went and people, everybody was telling me I was, quote, fine. Mm-hmm. And then um, I went back to my internal medicine doctor and I, I demanded to see an endocrinologist and she said, no, but I'll send you to a kidney doctor. I went to the kidney doctor and thank God she just sat and listened to me for an hour. And she said, I think I know what's wrong. So, I mean, but she was like the 10th doctor I saw and I finally saw somebody who listened to me. Mm-hmm. And then through testing, we found out what it was. I went, ended up at a neurologist and um, at first they thought I had a brain tumor And then they told me I had this autoimmune disease. So since then, it's been a mystery to everybody, even a lot of specialists of managing the symptoms I have from these two illnesses. And and apparently I'm unprecedented in that there are people in the world, a very small percentage who have the combination of what I have, but none on record do what I do physically and travel like I travel. And so when I have, you know, flare ups or problems, I'll call my doctor and I'll say, you know, what do I do? And they're like, we don't know because no one in the world is like you. So you're kind of (laughs) unprecedented. So I'm figuring out with the doctors how to deal with my illness um, while I continue to do all the things I love. You know, and I said to my doctor, my endocrinologist, because I had a situation in Bhutan where I got really sick because I think because I was at altitude, the doctors there, of course, and the ER did had no idea what was wrong with me. And um, so I had to like self care and make sure I was okay and lead retreat. And um, I was, thank God, able to do that with the help of my best friend. She was with me and, mm-hmm. um, and I just continue to do what I do. You know, I'm, I'm really honest about it. And I also know now more than I knew then. And I'm learning about my illness and about myself. And on my retreat, I am just honest. And I'm like, look, this is who I am, but I love leading retreats and I know I can do it well. And sometimes stuff happens. And, but that's not going to stop me from being who I am. It can't. So that's my whole story. That, 
that last thing that you said is this diagnosis isn't going to stop you from being who you are. That is what I want people with autoimmune or chronic diseases to take away is that you are not your diagnosis. You are not your symptoms. And instead, like JL has this very beautiful spirit and outlook on what she's given. And so to me, it doesn't seem like you take this autoimmune as like a downer. You take it as a gift to appreciate things even more. Well, two things. One, um, I'm human. So I've absolutely had my moments <laughs> where I've been really angry and really frustrated and felt like, oh my gosh, I can't yes. do yoga. I can't lead retreats anymore. And then I just sit with myself and try to encourage myself and continue doing what I feel like really is my dharma, is yeah. what I'm supposed to be doing. And and the second part of that is I it's hard to think of illness as a gift, but the truth is I there's so many people struggling with chronic illness and so many people struggling with autoimmune diseases that I do think it gives me a unique insight into people and to potentially inspire people to yeah, continue to live even though you have a diagnosis and even though you might not be functioning in the same way as other people, that doesn't stop you from doing what ultimately you're supposed to do in this world. Exactly. And wouldn't you say that now, you know, it's, it's this, you can call it a gift, you can call it a curse, you can call it whatever it is, but now that you have that, like you said, you have this insight into what other people with chronic illness go through. And so you have a special place in your heart for people like that. I do. I mean, I think it's sort of irony and funny and the way, you know, whatever you believe the world, God, the universe works, mm -hmm. that I have always been a person, I had always been a person that hated going to hospitals, like it freaked me out. Mm -hmm. I had a really high anxiety about it. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that I spend so much time in medical care and, <laughs> and managing, I think is really funny. Um, and it was just like when I had my son, right? I believed in my head I was going to like squat and my son would be birthed and we would do yeah. yoga together. And like I had an emergency C-section. So I think, you know, part of it is this, these are the lessons that I need to learn to do what I'm supposed to do. You're a beauty. <laughs> I love you so much, Jay. I love you too. Is there anything you would like to just put out there for people to be like, you know, maybe, um, I hate this term because it feels so like weird and vanilla, but food for thought, you know, like, is there any yeah. thing you'd like to share with anyone? Yeah, I, I do. I want to say just one really important thing, which is a lot of people want to travel, but they are afraid. And because of that fear, we all have excuses. I don't have time. I don't have money. I don't have support of loved ones. I don't, whatever it is. But if that's your, your heart's desire to travel or to do whatever, do that, set an intention to do that. And, and if you want to be supported in that process and you want to do yoga, I would love people to come with me and meet me and, and come on a retreat with me. And it can't be that you decide you're going to go to Sri Lanka with me in 2020, or maybe you want to decide that you're going to go to on a weekend retreat with me. That is, you know, this upcoming spring or fall. 
it doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to be anything, but make that decision that you're going to do it and set an intention to do it. And if you want to find me, you can find me on my website, which is joyloveyoga.com. And what about Instagram? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram as well under that same thing, Joy Love Yoga. And if you are one of the very few people who still uses Facebook, I'm on <laughs> Facebook under my name. Um, my last name is C-H-I-E-M-I-N-G-O. Um, but Joy Love Yoga on Instagram and Joy Love Yoga on my website. And you can email me if you have questions. And if you're wanting to get inspiration from somebody who has pretty significant autoimmune diseases and feels kind of limited physically, send me an email. I'm very responsive to all of that. You're the, you are the apple of my eye. (laughs) (laughs) You're so adorable. Thank you so much for having me. This has been amazing. Yay. Thank you, JL. And everyone, um, I'm going to put in her little interview, they call it the, they call it something like the share box or whatever it is. I'm going to put her info so you can connect with her, go on one of her international retreats, go to one of her classes in California. She leads uh, teacher trainings. Like she said, send her an email. I'll leave all that stuff so you guys can find her super easy. JL, thank you. I love you. And, um, Just continue spreading that bright light. (laughs) I love you, girl. You too. Okay. Bye, girl. Bye.